Welcome to the China Jedi Podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. My eyes are clear, clear than the mist in the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth, may or not be funny, rude, or downright stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, false conceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance of furious laughter and unconditional frivolous forgiveness. Ting badong, you got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong side. Hello listeners and welcome to the China Jedi Podcast, episode 11. We are recording live from Huafa 68, sitting above the beautiful Pagoda Lake on a Sunday morning, not too late, situated in the heart of Zhuhai City, mainland China, nestled between Hong Kong and Macau. I am your host, yes it's true, Chris J. Bradshaw, and of course listeners, my co-host as usual is... Anthony Benton. I have to say, that was a fantastic first voice there from our special guest today. A new thing we're doing listeners every week on the China Jedi podcast. And so please introduce yourself, who do we have in the studio today, none other than... Paul Bailey from Intern China, how are you doing? Well, very well, Paul. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you did a very nice intro yeah, there. Intro, thank, thank you. you. How's my radio voice? Oh, excellent. Very sexy. Excellent. <laughs> oh, Anthony, please. It's a Sunday morning. Don't None of that. Don't jealous, mate. Okay. Um, okay, so, uh, yes, Paul Bailey is in the studios today, listeners. And, of course, as always, we like to find out a bit more about our esteemed guests. So, Paul, just give us a quick bit of rundown on where you're from and how you came to China and what you do here. Okay, so I'm from the beautiful island called Jersey. It's a British Crown dependency, so it's an independent island, actually closer to France than it is to uh, mainland England. Um, I've been in China about five years now, so I'm currently working for Intern China. We help students who want to come to China to do an internship, um, and they get some cultural experience too. Internship, Anthony. Indeed, internship. And um, quickly, what is an internship? Um, Paul, get cooked down. What is an actual internship? So it's sort of work-based learning. So they actually get to come across and uh, do stuff they really want to do, maybe in their future careers, to just get some real-life experience, hands-on experience. So like a work placement. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Great. Great idea. What kind of what sort of age range do you? So most of the students we get in China are undergraduates, so I'd say the average age is around 22, 23. Okay. Um, so most of them haven't graduated yet, so for a lot of them it's their first time outside of their home country as well, so that's quite interesting. As you can imagine, coming to China is a bit of an eye-opener. Mm. So they've got to stay focused on their careers, whether they're on their placement, whether they're an engineer or doing something to do with business, but they also get to visit Bar Street on the weekends. That's awesome then, because you're, so you're encouraging people to get out there and see the world. Exactly, yeah. Which is yeah. much needed from the young today with all this segregation and Get, stuff going on in the world. Getting you know. them to lose their China virginity, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Paul, uh, obviously you went with Intern China, were you, before you came to China? So, how, what's the story there? How did you get to this marvellous country? 
So, well, it's strange. I worked in finance for three years after graduating. Uh, Jersey, some of you may know, is, is famous as being an offshore sort of finance hub. Anthony, what's your wallet? <laughs> I've already got my eyes on it. There's nothing in there. <laughs> yes. That is very true. His chairman mouse have sunglasses on. They've never seen the light. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Mining um, hurts. <laughs> And then my now wife and I, we always wanted to go travelling, so uh, I brought her back to Jersey with me, got some new blood into the island, and then um, <laughs> instead of sort of doing the whole house, you know, mortgage and children thing, we said, well, why not use the money we've saved to go travelling? So we planned this awesome trip to go travelling around the world for a year, and the plan was always to go back into finance after that, both of us, but we couldn't really do it. After seeing the world, we wanted to see more and more, so then the plan became to come to China for a year. Um, so we did our teaching English as a foreign language certificates. Um, you teffles. You, teffles. And you, you yeah. got a real one, yeah? You I, just I print it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't buy it off eBay or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it probably would have mattered. No, um, no. Yeah, so we did that. And then we came to China for a year, and that was five years ago. So. Why China? Um, there were practical reasons. So, I mean, firstly, it was a country where you can actually earn money teaching. So we, you know, we, we'd done the thing where we'd visited charities and that type of thing in Cambodia and, and South America and we, we were skint, you know, we had no money by the time we finished. So we had to think of the practicality as well. So rather than maybe teaching in Latin America, you know, where you're not going to earn such a good wage mm. in China, a lot of the teachers out there will know there's a, there's a, a good, um, a good demand and not so. Okay. So you actually research wages around the world as absolutely fine English teacher and <laughs> China is one of the top ones, huh? Definitely. Definitely. Oh, okay, so there's cool. a good, good earnings ratio compared to doing TEFL in other countries. Okay, and you, you came here in Zhuhai, that brought you here to do teaching in Zhuhai, right? Yeah, exactly. We met a guy in South America, um, a guy called Yanis, uh, who's actually friends with a lot of people we know here now. But we met him in South America, we, and we happened to bump into him in three different countries there. Um, and he taught in Zhuhai. So he was a big advocate of Zhuhai, and that's what put Zhuhai on our maps, and uh, yeah, essentially why we chose this city over others. Fantastic story. There you go. So news for you budding English teachers, wannabe English teachers out there, come to China. Yeah. Earn yeah. some money. Mm, yeah. Sure. Good one, Anthony. Um, so um, my next question would be then, in China, you've been here, how long have you been here for then? Around five years. Five years. Yeah. So what's been your favourite place? You know, someone was thinking of coming to China as a tourist, or mm. where would you recommend them to go and see? My favourite province is probably Yunnan. Um, it's on the border of Tibet, so there's a lot of uh, overlap yeah. of Tibetan culture there. Um, I think Kunming, of course, the capital of you know, yeah. Kunming's the capital, place. yeah, and then you have um, Dali and Lijiang as sort mm. of the tourist have you been there, yeah? I have, I have. I haven't yeah. been there yet, Anthony. I, I haven't have actually. I'd love to. To do a travel pod up there, <laughs> you should totally do. Good. And and then out, but outside of these cities, because these are tourist hotspots, and you have you know the usual stuff. But if you, you don't have to go far from these cities to have an authentic experience. We did um, a Tibetan homestay in the north of Yunnan. We were there. Oh, wow. I stayed with a local family, and they had the. Um, animals under the house which they brought in in the evening oh, wow, really? they milked the cow they made the cheese and, and that type of thing from it and it was it was a really beautiful experience cool then you've got the scenery you have Tiger Leaping Gorge which is incredible um, yeah there's, there's a lot to see and do there I, you know you don't think about that sometimes when you're in the cities like Juhai of course a village but still a city but it really it's quite an incredible country a massive country so many different oh, varieties of experiences China, right? so diverse um, of course, you just don't want to go around Chinese New Year, of course, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because it's pretty busy. Um, okay, then, uh, Anthony, I've been um, asked by the researcher to get you to ask something that the researchers well, yeah. want to get have, you to have, ask. Have you listened to any podcasts, Paul? Yeah, I have. I, I, of, of course, course I have. You know, I've, I've, <laughs> no, I have listened to a few. Um, you have a favourite one so far? 
I actually really like the one on essential oils. It was good because um, I'm a bit of a skeptic, a skeptic towards holistic medicine. But when someone really knows their stuff and they can justify what they're saying, yeah, um, okay. it really I like something that changes my viewpoint, and I found that that did so. Hey, it, it was because it was essential oils, not sensual oils. Exactly. Like, well, I mean, I think it's one and the same, really. <laughs> Episode five, I've been told that one is gift to the earth. Yes, but essential oils With, can be uh, sensual. Robin. With Robin, yes, yes from lo- lovely, lovely lady. Robin. It's yeah. quite sensual in here, we have the lemongrass scent going. That's where your guests feel more comfortable. We, we like to seduce our guests, or certainly Anthony does. That oh was his goodness. pick. Um, okay, so great. Well, Paul, fantastic story. And of course, we're going to delve into that more as we go along. But I think, listeners, it's time for Sunday morning question of the week. Sunday morning. Sunday morning question of the week then, and I put it to you both, of course, as always, if I could give you a return ticket to anywhere in the world for a two-week holiday, it's on me, by the way, as the kind of guy I am, where would you go and why? If I could give you a return ticket to anywhere in the world for a two-week holiday, where would you go and why? And just one quick disclaimer here from my point of view, you're allowed to not take your family with you. So the kids can stay here. So two, is this for you? Hmm. Mm. Anything comes to mind? It's just too much. So many places. So many, Anthony. I've always wanted to see Egypt. Yeah. I've been to Egypt, yeah. yeah. It's definitely one on my list. But anywhere, possibly Canada, actually. Uh, and from Canada, up north Canada, because I'd like to go into Alaska. I really want to see the Aurora Borealis. Mm. I know there's other parts of the world mm. you can see it as yeah. well, but apparently you know Alaska is one of the best because you are really up north. So yeah, probably Canada, North Canada into Alaska. So you're off to Canada, I reckon. Alaska. I think my budget can allow you. The mountains and the forests and the lakes. Oh no, I've just been told by the researchers you can go to Alaska, but it's a one-way ticket, Anthony. Brilliant. <laughs> You won't be going back. <laughs> we'll get that arranged. Thank you very much. Um, Paul, what do you reckon? Where would you go? We'll go into the detail. Is it an all-expenses-paid trip? Because if so, I might have to choose somewhere outside of Asia. Because, you know, Asia's <laughs> fairly, fairly easy to get to myself. That's true, yeah, yeah. Um, I, a country I'd really like to visit, um, maybe it's a little dangerous now, but Turkey is somewhere that's got lots Ooh, of history. Delightful. Yeah, it's got a lot of history. There's a lot of stuff you can see and do there. Um, the culture's pretty cool. Uh, you, it's kind of similar to China, I think, in a lot of ways. You have the sort of markets and, you know, it's just alive. Mm. So that's so that's somewhere that I'd really like to visit. So you're off to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. The fantastic city of Istanbul, where, of course, my football team won the Champions League in 2005. <laughs> and anyway, aside from that, um, when did uh, Manchester United last win, Paul? In the 80s, wasn't it? Um, the Champions League. Okay, anyway, moving on. I've been told to stop talking about football. Um, okay, so, of course, you want to know where I'd like to go. And I've got a rather long list here. Um, Antarctica, Anthony. I thought maybe uh, if you're going to Alaska, I can go as far away as possible to Antarctica. That's an interesting one. Egypt was also on my list. Equi- Any particular reason why Antarctica? Are you going searching for the edge of the world? I have a few YouTube searches. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Flat Earth theory. I will go to um, <laughs> Flat Earth theory. Ridiculous. Um, Egypt, of course, as I just said, is a good one. But if you're going there, I'm not. Um, Ecuador. Yeah, I've met some people from Ecuador. That's a pretty beautiful place, I think. And there's actually a retreat um, that I know about, the Sagraya Retreat, which is up in the mountains. Incredible scenery. Why you're picking so many? But we're allowed to pick one. Well, you know. Greedy. That's like three flights you've got now. And I only get a one-way ticket. Right. 
Probably Biased. Best. Probably best. Um, and then the, the last one I was thinking is I'd like to go to Australia, as we're here in Asia. West Coast. Um, I've got family apparently in Perth. Um, so I'd love to go down there. Apparently. apparently. You don't know? Uh, kind of long lost. The kangaroos? Third, fourth generation or kind of thing. But yeah, the, the beaches are meant to be amazing. Mm, um, Gold Coast, yeah. The West mm. Coast. Be uh, careful for great whites. Yeah, yeah crocodiles as well. So there you go. I've also been told, listeners, that this deal does not apply to anyone else except for Anthony and Paul and myself. So I'm afraid you just have to imagine where you'd like to go. And I hope that the listeners do actually get to go there because that's what the world's for, isn't it? Exploring. Okay, great. Thanks for that, guys. Hey, it's time for Guess Who. We've got to remember... Guess who then? Uh oh. Mm. Mm. Did you get last week's one? No, you didn't, did you? No, no, you didn't get last week's one. Um, maybe this week. I know Paul is very much up on Chinese history. <laughs> He's into the fame game. Um, okay, then. So Paul, you know this one. We give you some clues, and um, well, you have to do it yourself because Anthony won't be helping you. Um, so <laughs> I haven't got ninety percent of these. So okay, don't, okay. don't look to me to be the same. Well, place. anyway, we always learn, don't we? Uh, Okay, so this person was born into a peasant family in the village of Tweihung, Shangshan County, in the south of China. At the age of 10, he began seeking schooling. Hmm. By the age of 13, in 1878, after receiving a few years of local schooling, he went to live with his elder brother in Honolulu, who'd become a wealthy merchant there. Honolulu, of course, being in... Oh, total mind blank now. It's uh, Hawaii. Thank Hawaii, you, Paul. Of course, blimey. be quiet, Anthony. He <laughs> then studied at Lalani School, where he learned English, British history, mathematics, science, and Christianity. Originally unable to speak the English language, he picked up the language so quickly he received a prize for outstanding achievements. He graduated from that college in 1882. He then attended Oahu College. And uh, for one semester, and in 1883, he was soon sent home to China as his brother was becoming afraid that he would embrace Christianity. When he returned home in 1883, at age 17, he met up with his childhood friend, Lu Haodong, at Beji Dian, a temple in Tweihang village. They saw many villagers worshipping the Beiji, literally North Pole, emperor god in the temple, and were dissatisfied with their ancient healing methods. I wonder if they were using essential oils. They broke the statue, can you believe this, incurring the wrath of fellow villagers and escaped to Hong Kong. Now, while in Hong Kong in 1883, he studied at the Diocesan Boys' School. And then from 1884 to 1886, he was at the Government Central School. Now, this is where it gets interesting. In 1886, he studied medicine at the Guangzhou Boji Hospital under the Christian missionary John G. Care. Hmm. Ultimately, he earned the license of Christian practice as a medical doctor. So he became a medical doctor. So he wasn't allowed to become a Christian, but he could study their methods. Well, he would... Well, his brother was a little was, bit hypocritical. His brother was back in Honolulu, so probably didn't have as much as a, a no, say on the matter, Anthony. Um, so anyway, uh, notably of his class of 12 students, he was one of only two who actually graduated as a medical doctor. Paul, you're looking like you're confident here. Yeah. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, he stepped into political activities when the Qing government adopted an extremely conservative approach in promoting advanced techniques and education in China. He gave up his medical practice to contribute to the transformation of China into a Western-style constitutional power. 
He established the Revived China Society in 1894 as his first step towards a full-fledged revolutionary activity in order to bring forth a republic of China. He was given an exile, this is bad, for 19 years after his coup that he plotted failed in 1895. Yeah. During this period, he travelled to Europe, the United States, Japan and Canada, raising funds for his revolutionary activities and joined dissident Chinese groups in Japan, where he spent the maximum years of his exile. Got a big Japanese link there. Some of his famous quotes. Trust is earned by many deeds and lost by only one. Good one. I like that one. I like that too. Yeah. The key to success is action, and the essential in action is perseverance. There's another one, mm. listeners, eh? When you have a hard day, keep on going. Keep going. Right then, that's all you're getting till later in the show. Any warms? Freezing. It's quite cold today, isn't it? It is. Mm. So it's my dent on this glue. Mr. Bailey? Oh, I'm lost, no. I thought you'd have been in there. Okay, here we go. Researcher to giggling as always, Anthony. Yeah, you like to keep him happy, don't we? Okay, <laughs> listeners, well, as always, we'll come back to that later. Have a think. No Google searches, of course. And uh, let's get into Dway but Dway. Because this is just the way it's meant to be. Dway but Dway then. Correct? Not correct? Anthony, for the first time, got the right one, didn't you, last episode? I think we did, yeah. Let's see if you can put two together, eh? <laughs> one of two. Here we go then, Paul. We say a... You know, a silly fact or mm. a true fact, and you mm. guess if I'm joking or being truthful. Okay. Here we go. If you breathed freely in Beijing for one day, it would be the equivalent of smoking 21 cigarettes. If you breathed freely in Beijing for one day, it would be the equivalent of smoking 21 cigarettes. 21 just breathing with no mask and stuff on, it must be, yeah? Yeah, it must be. It must be. Yeah. Or maybe not breathing outside of prison. Mm. I mean, you've seen some, <laughs> some of the smogs, some of the pictures of the smog there, you know, and looking on the apps that you yeah. get to see the PM count is... Well, I lived there for two years. I left uh, ten years ago and the air was starting mm. to get worse. Were you a smoker then? No. I guess you never been a smoker. Well, I guess I'm you not, were smoking not, a pack a day, though. Not, <laughs> a, not a fan of cigarettes. Well, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Was I? It's quite disturbing if I was. One of the reasons, of course, you came down here was because of the air, wasn't it? Yeah, because my son was born, so yeah. I didn't want his baby lungs breathing in Beijing yeah. air. I mean, we don't like to do disservice to obviously the capital of this great country, but oh, amazing capital, it, like amazing city, like loads of things to see. But it is a scenario, culture. isn't it? So, but the air, yeah, yeah, the air is getting quite bad. It is an issue for sure. Yeah, it's just a negative byproduct, isn't it, of their growth? It's uh, it's the rough. Well, a long time ago, when it was developing, they chopped down all the forests all around Beijing, so that didn't help. Mm. And there's all sorts of deserts all around Beijing as well, so it's a very, very, very dry place. You get all the dry desert air coming across. Mm-hmm. Beijing actually is funnily one of the only places I've seen where, when it rains. The cars are dirtier after the rain really? than before the rain. You know, a lot of places <laughs> you've got a mucky car, it rains, you know, it cleans your car. Mm. 
but yeah, Beijing, all the cars are dirty after the rain, which is, I think a lot of it was sand as well that came, like I say, from the deserts, but sure. a lot of it was pollution too, so. But someone's yeah, making bit, a lot. Bit disturbing. Mm. Someone's making a lot of money, you're like this finance, Paul. And people um, freak out when it rains in Beijing as well, you'll see them when, it, if they're out in the street and you yeah. know, it starts raining, they have no umbrella, you'll see people like screaming, like holding newspapers over their heads, you know, even mothers holding their baby over their head to protect themselves, you know. Okay, and that's enough, that, That's a joke, they don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't, they don't you, do that. Can you but, try to let our special guest talk at least some parts of this episode. Um, <laughs> yes, Paul, um, I was about to say, uh, maybe we could listen to Paul's opinion on this, um, but before I was going to say that, do you think there's probably someone in Beijing right now making a lot of money from washing cars? It's <laughs> mm, a thinker. It's a good one. So what do you reckon, Paul? Let's grab this by the balls, as they say. Um, so, make a decision, I would have to say Dwayne. Oh yeah, you're going for true. Huh? I'm going for absolute Dwayne. So 21, 21. that's quite extreme, isn't it? That's really disturbing if it's true. But the thing is, <laughs> Here we go. our researchers <laughs> like to throw curveballs. Like, oh, they do. It's probably something like 19 cigarettes. Or like you said, 20. Oh, I'm wondering if you should go for false, because you heard 20. I didn't think of it in that light. So... Either. They like to trip us up mm. here. They give you a fact that you think, yeah, that's true, but then there's just like little twist on the numbers. Which... Hey, I didn't have my guard up, you see, but I've already, I've already made my commitment. <laughs> so, oh, so you're going to stick with 21? I'm going to stick with 21. It's very precise. It sounds, it's, it's almost too precise to be legit, isn't it? But we'll see. Surely it should be like 20 and a third cigarettes. I mean, the pollution varies <laughs> from day to day as well. You know, some days it must be like 17, exactly right. so, maybe sometimes a 200 box. You know, how do you measure that? I mean, what is the impact of 21 cigarettes on your lungs? Are they talking literally just particle damage on your lungs? The concern you need to have is the fact that you have to both agree. So if he's putting uh, his... If he's, otherwise. So if he's going for it... You're going to drag me down, are you, Paul? Well, it's up or to maybe you. pull me up. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. <laughs> you got to be pull careful. me up, not pull me off. Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so if you can convince me how just how evil the uh, the God, Jedi researchers are, they can be pretty evil. To yeah, no, it wouldn't even surprise me if it was a third of a cigarette. Mm. I mean, Anthony does have an experience here, don't you? Now, of quite a few episodes. Yeah, slipping mm. up on silly numbers. Like pig orgasm lasting for 30 minutes and not 15. No, really? indeed. Um, True. Anthony, Paul, I'll go, I'll go with this, Paul. It's up, up to you. We're going to guest. You're the special guest. Uh, if you think it's true, then. You know what? In the pit of my stomach, I think I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to say true. <laughs> okay, so we're going for true, yeah? The way. Absolutely. Okay, so again, listeners, the fact of the day is if you breathed freely in Beijing for one day, it would be the equivalent of smoking 21 cigarettes. You said true. The answer is false. True. Very good. Very good. Once again, oh, Anthony. Two in a row. There we go. Listening Woo. to your guest, I yeah, think helps you. I'm just you. not going to make the decisions anymore. Just leave it to the guest. <laughs> okay, well, I hope some of us got that right, as I'm That's sure you really did. Disturbing. It's terrible, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anthony, it's so disturbing. So just to wander around the streets without a mask or anything on. Would you guys, Same as would you guys like to live somewhere like that? I mean, mm. what would it take? It'd have to be, would money even swing it? I'm not sure. Tell no. you what, though, if you do smoke, you'd save a lot of money, so you wouldn't need to buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> sure. You can okay. get the fun side, though. So if you do smoke, though, 
Let's say you smoke a packet of cigarettes a day. Like, you're basically smoking two packets of cigarettes a day. Mm. Well, well listen, really quite disturbing. Do, do the maths, Anthony. Very good. Yeah, it'd be, you'd remember you're wearing a mask most of the time, so it's not going to be yeah. the same. And you can have a little cigarette hole in your mask. I actually read recently that those <laughs> those masks that they wear, those uh, medical ones, they don't actually help at all mm-hmm. because the particles, the, the damaging particles, one, they're not airtight. You would literally need to wear a gas mask. Mm, yeah, it's just because they seep in the corners Anthony, and the filter. That's there are in companies it, that could be listening now. You need to be very careful on what <laughs> assertions you make of products. Well, no, people should know, right? Because. Well, people should do their own research. Well, fair enough, but have a look into it, people. And if you think those medical masks help you against uh, dangerous particles in the air, you might be alarmed to find out that they possibly do not help. Mm, something more high-tech might yeah, be in order. Get a gas mask. Well, you can get these really cool masks. Okay, like, Anthony, I, I think I was about to say to listeners, <laughs> it is possible Anthony may stop talking, and it is now. It's time for China Jedi Topic Time. ting ba you got it all right. Yes, back we are. We've just had to put a muzzle on uh, on Anthony. He's um, Anthony. Can you say literally, anything? literally? <laughs> I can't believe this has happened. Uh, Paul, please <laughs> take it off him, Paul. I can't. Right. We can't do this. <laughs> 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 okay. oh, Thank, Thank you very you. much. Okay, great. So Zen, Anthony. Zen. <laughs> um, China Jedi topic time this week. Uh, it's a uh, where, where, where have I been given it? Okay, here it is. It's um, this is a question from a Mister Frankly Boring in Shenzhen, and his question is, why do I meet so many young interns in China now? Why do I meet so many young interns in China now? Fair question, and then I read the last bit, they are like little travel virgins dipped in hoisin sauce waiting to be skewed on a chopstick. Oh my goodness, is that a that paints a good graphic thing image. or a bad thing? I'll say it again then. Mr. Frank Lee Boring mm. from Shenzhen says, Why do I meet so many young interns in China now? They are like little travel virgins dipped in hoisin sauce waiting to be skewed on a chopstick. I haven't got to get this guy on, Anthony. Paul. Skewed on a chopstick. That, that's yeah. like. Kind I, of, that's, think, that's, that's I don't understand. Dipped in hoisin. I guess maybe thinking they're newbies, so they get wrapped in. And Chinese eaten cup. subsequently, maybe. Let's talk about that. You've, you've got. How many interns have Intern China put through now from all around the world, isn't it? Yeah, to... it's in the thousands now. I mean, oh, wow. we, we do, yeah. we've been going 10 years, so uh, every, every city tends to get around 100 students per year. We, we try and limit it. Um, if it gets more than that, we just open a new city. So we're opening one in Taipei, in Taiwan this year. So, um, yeah, like uh, once it gets to more than 100, we, we, we don't really like to bus them in, bus them out because some people arrive. And they're quite shell-shocked, so they need that sort of intimate personal experience. So to answer frankly boring, it's mm. uh, Paul's fault. There's so many <laughs> interns in China. It's not just my fault. You and see, you're, you're lining them up to be uh, the dipped in hoisin, in hoisin sauce. I'm the one who does I am the one who does the dipping. <laughs> right, okay, so let's quickly get into this. He said then that he's starting to see a lot more of them now. So, I mean, even in my experience here, I am seeing a lot more interns. Yeah. Know, I meet them regularly when we play music, you know, cause they tend to be always in the bars, don't they? Absolutely. Um, not that we are. Um, growing, it's growing, yeah? There are more interns coming to China. It is, it is. Uh, in the past, the universities put most of their focus on exchange, so sending their students to a, another university in another country for a semester. Okay. Um, which is great, and that's still probably the primary focus, but the universities now are seeing, they're seeing the value of, of work-based learning, hands-on actual practical experience, and that's a trickle-down effect from the employers saying that they want students who want it. 
So a lot of employers are saying that they don't feel that students are uh, graduating with enough of this type of experience, you know. Mm. The degree is obviously important, but it can only count for so much. So having someone with global awareness, you know, obviously we live in a very globalised world. Yeah. So having somebody with this awareness is, is just an extra stream for the students. Both the employers want it. Um, and it kind of gives gives these guys a lot of experience, life experience. Practical experience. Practical experience. I'm curious, do you know, is there more of an interest in interns coming to China compared to other countries? Um, I think it's spread out, but China is definitely one, I think, that's been seen as a more comfortable option in recent years. I think before people would rather do an internship somewhere comfortable, maybe you know, culturally more similar, so perhaps a UK student going to Australia or somewhere in Europe. Um, whereas China was kind of seen as maybe a little bit scary, but I think it's 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 like snowballing. So the more students who do it, the more are talking about it, the more are blogging sure. about it. Um, it's kind of there's almost like a buzz right now about China. Um, so a lot of the students sort of they mm. they hear from their friends or they hear from their uh, the faculties who, who run their courses about what a great place it is, and they they want to experience that for themselves. I think it's a natural progression, isn't it, of China opening up to oh, it's such a big country, there's so much to offer that it just becomes so attractive. So as a company, you are seeing a growing interest in China. Absolutely. And, and the good thing that's happening is um, more of the universities are actually helping to facilitate it because obviously the, the money is a big problem. You know, students to sort of come to China um, and basically come here to, to, to live and pay money and they're not necessarily earning whilst they're here. Um, so it's, it's tough for them. So they need that, that financial support. So the universities are, are they're doing more loan schemes, more grants, that type of thing, just to try and enable it. Yeah, and I, the program because when I worked at the clinic, we had an intern. Mm. We've had a couple now for you guys for intern China. One of them, uh, Christina, very good experience. She came for about three months. Um, she was at Liverpool University where I used to go, mm -hmm. so we had some, um, you know, some similarities there. She came through a program called the Generation X program, didn't she? Which is a government scheme Generation in England UK. that yeah. subsidises university students to come to China. Yeah, absolutely. So is that still going, Paul? It's still going. They give us Fantastic. a lot of students every year. So this is a, a program sponsored by the British Council. Um, so that's obviously a subsidiary of the British government, and so they pay for um, hundreds of students every year to go to China, and, wow. and and a lot of them use our service. So that's really nice. And most of the interns are their university students, so they're what, 20... Yeah, 22, 23, this sort of age. And is that just happening in England, this type of programme, or is there other countries that are doing that now, working with you? No, it's, def it's definitely, look, uh, every country, every developed country is tending to do it. So, um, uh, for example, we, we recently got a contract with Education New Zealand, um, so they're doing fully funded programmes for New Zealand students to come to, well actually we're going to have 10 in Juhai this year on our programme, so that's excellent. And we're seeing more and more. Um, that there's more discussion about it now. It's like I said, it's more in the forefront of the uh, of the debate of, of where funds are allocated. Australia um, has a program called New Colombo Plan, um, and that's not only for exchanges, also for internships. So that's government funded programs to uh, come Brilliant. to China. So I we didn't ask you actually. So you, are you very much involved, like on the front lines of being, you know, face to face with the interns here in China? Yeah, absolutely. You like so, help them settle in and. It's Paul the Don. <laughs> so my job Don is to make sure they arrive home in Don one piece. <laughs> Yes. We make sure they have a good experience. We, we arrange fun activities, cultural activities, obviously outside of working hours. Uh -huh. um, the internship is still a priority. Um, but we just try and make sure we build a good sense of community. So we have optional meals every week, activities, cultural events that the students can opt to go to, meet, meet other students from other countries around the world. 
um, share the experience. Okay, let's get down to the nitty gritty because I've had some practical experience. I had two interns. Mm. First intern was great. Mm-hmm. Second one, nice chat, but unfortunately <laughs> it wasn't his fault because when he came over, the leadership changed in the hospital. He was about to walk through the door, the intern, to start his voyage of China experience with us. And the new leader said, we're not having interns. Oh, no. So, literally, that had to break the news. I remember phoning you up and saying, what can we do? Mm -hmm. So, this guy actually actually took it well. He spent, he did what was called remote working. Mm -hmm. So, although he came over to China, he couldn't be allowed in the clinic. It was ridiculous. One of these things, as I'm sure all the listeners know about these things happen. Tell me some more, what challenges do you face? Because it's not easy coming to China. Wherever you are in the world, especially if you haven't been there first. And if you're young, maybe naive, there's Mm got to be some potholes that you may fall in. What have you found, if you can? You've got some interesting quick stories you can... Yeah, I mean, obviously we we see a bit of everything, you know, um, touch wood, nothing too dramatic has ever happened. But um, yeah, as you say, so the experience with the clinic, for example, um, just the sort of goalposts being moved and that, you know, that anything related to public sector, we've got to be very careful because things can change very quickly. Um, the usual challenges, I guess, as students um, get a little bit too caught up in the in the sort of the fun experiences, the outside work experiences. You know, maybe living a bit of an expat life, if you can call it that, going to the bars, and then mm. the priority of the internship kind of drops off, and then we just have to check in, touch base, make you sure they are actually going to work. Exactly, <laughs> especially if it's a funded program because they've got that place over someone else, so they need to make the most of it. Sure. So these are the general challenges. There's definitely been stuff that I don't want to talk about today. Um, that's just a little bit, you know, because I see myself as a big brother. Yeah. Um, so whatever the problem is, myself and my, my excellent team, we have to go and support. So, um, yeah, um, in terms of like detailed stories. I mean, they, I mean, you get everything, don't you? You get um, broken showers, cockroaches oh, yeah. under the sink. Yeah. Babies. We had. I'll tell you about. Co- uh, we had cockroach gate. So this was one story. Um, one thing that we do is, is rent apartments. Um, they look perfectly fine during the day, but obviously students can leave some food out, that type of thing. <laughs> so we had um, these sites of these cockroaches coming out to play because the, the apartment <laughs> was in great condition. Um, yeah, and so it wasn't very much fun. So my team, we actually went around ourselves, uh, put down all the traps. We even sort of bleached some of the, the drawers and that type of thing because, you know, these guys are hard to get rid of. Once so they cockroach game on their new pets. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to put anyone off, you know, but sometimes people can be a little bit um, too squeamish. Yeah. You know, you've got to expect a cockroach now and again in China. Especially in the summertime. Right. Um, Okay, so I'd like to round this up quickly then. So for any potential interns that are listening to this, who's interested in coming to China for Intern China, what would be your Don Pollyani Hmm. advice to them? Um, Come with an open mind, 100%. So I think if people come with preconceptions of, of it being you know, the same as the UK, and people do, then you're probably going to be in for a nasty <laughs> surprise. Um, it's a wonderful country. As we all know, it's a challenging country. Yeah. So you need to sort of um, relax, go with the flow, come with an open mind. If you can do a little bit of Mandarin preparation before you come, all the better. It helps, doesn't it, a lot? Mm. And a sense of humour, hey? If you don't have a sense of humour, students, go somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. Laugh it off. Fantastic. Laugh it off, we will, and it's time. Let's have a laugh. Speaking some Chinese, jingle jangle, John Wen people. I wanted to make it real simple. Jingle jangle, jingle jangle, jingle bells, Anthony. <laughs> it's time for some uh, for some Mandarin, some Portonghua. 
Paul, obviously you've been here for five years now. I know your language skills have got better and better. Um, as always, we ask our special guests if they have anything, any little tidbits to put forward for people that are learning Chinese or don't know any Chinese. Mm. So uh, give us a situation where you would maybe, you have a phrase, right? You've got something to I have a phrase. Okay. I just realised I've completely forgotten to research my tones. My tones are terrible. Oh, Anthony. I've been, I've been a bad boy. Okay. Well, anyway, um, get, put the situation out then. Where would you would use this? Uh, make it, you know, open the scene up. Mm. Well, this is a phrase. So you're in a bar. <laughs> naturally, naturally. <laughs> this is a phrase that um, I couldn't stand when I, even for the first two or three years I've been in China. Um, there are still times when it winds me up, but at the same time, now I've kind of grown to like it because it's almost like a coping mechanism. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah, it's you'll hear it frequently in China. Um, you'll hear it frequently. It's it's kind of um, almost used as a reason to not explain something or to sort of defy logic. Um, yeah, it's quite an interesting one. You are you aware of it? Okay, I think it's it's coming to me. So um, probably when maybe someone's trying to do something or make something happen, there is the usual response, which is may bamfa, may bamfa, yeah, may bamfa. Um, may banfa. May banfa. So, um, Anthony, let's break that down. Paul doesn't know his tones. So, yeah. <laughs> may, may is the rising tone. Mm. So, uh, meaning, tone. meaning like no, yeah? Mm. Basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ban. Falling tone. Okay, so fourth tone. May ban. So, we've got ah, second, fourth. Which is the uh, dipped tone. Oh, that's the third, and the third tone. tone is the final tone. So, we've got second tone, fourth, fourth tone, tone, and third tone. So, it's may. Banfa, yeah, banfa, and basically this would mean then ban is into nothing can be done. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing that can be done about it. No solution, no basically. solution, no, and it, no reason, no why. And it really does mean that. There's no questioning, is it? There's no mm -hmm. way shimmers, no, no. What can't we go around it? It's may banfa. Yeah. So if you hear that, nothing listeners, can do. If you hear that, you may as well turn your head and try another option. Exactly. Nothing can be done. So, yeah, like I said, at first it wound me up a treat because I was like, that's not an excuse, it's not a reason, it's just me banfa, me banfa, what, what, you know, what can I do? It's not offering a solution. It's, it's almost like, look, just get out of my way, yeah, just do something yeah, else, yeah. Less. Nothing can be done. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, okay, no, that's a very good one, actually. Um, I tend to not use it a lot because mm -hmm. I'm kind of a yes kind of guy. You know, there's always a, there's always a way around things, isn't there, Anthony? Should be. Yeah, definitely. But uh, it's an easy get out clause in China, isn't it? Yeah, may banfa. So, may banfa, I'm going to say, may banfa. May banfa. Indeed, well done. May banfa. May banfa. Yeah, well, there we go. No solution. I have a solution, though. Mm. It's the great joke of jungle time. Okay, joke time then. Anthony, this is a bit different today. Oh, yeah. Not that because you're going to be reading it, um, but this joke has actually been sent in by one of our listeners. And I'm going to keep their name um, discreet, I think, for this. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe it's a bit different. I actually have had a quick read and, um, well, I'll let you get to the end of it and then we can see. So here we go. This person who sent this in said, I wanted to let you know this one. Thank you very much. We always like listeners out there giving us input and sending things in. I think it says a lot about Chinese and other mentality. Ooh. Exclamation mark. Here we go then. There is a grand opening of a new parking garage or parking lot in the downtown area of a major city. Everybody's very proud, as you would be. One journalist asks the question. Please tell me, 
how many cars can park in there? That's a good question. You want to know that, ain't in a car park? That's the first question. Well, the official says, well, that depends, as he rubs his hands. If the Germans park, it's 100 cars. Very accurate. If the Americans park, it's 80, because the cars are so big. If the Italians park, it's 120, because the cars are so small. And the journalist then asks, so how many when the Chinese park in there? The official says, oh, well, um, only two. One at the entrance and one at the exit. <laughs> now, now, when I read that, I actually at first thought didn't know what it really means. Can we elaborate? Help me out here? Shine some light, as Chinese ever does. possibly be referring to many Chinese drivers like to just park wherever's convenient for them without any thoughts as to, you know, how, who they're inconveniencing around them, I guess. And I guess if you park at the entrance and exit, you can get away quicker, right? Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking, right? I don't get it, you know, with the driving, because the test is pretty stringent. It's, I don't think it's any easier it? than any other country. I have not done it okay. myself. Um, most foreigners actually only have to do the theory test if mm-hmm. they've already got a licence back home. But, um, yeah, I, I don't understand it, because it's, it's almost like it's, once that licence has been attained, then people, it's just a free-for-all, isn't it? Yeah, it's a free-for-all, yeah. Seems to be. Well, hope you listened to that, some of you, and had a little giggle. Interesting. Anyway. And if you're a Chinese driver, be considerate, please. Yes. Think about where you're parking. You know what they're going to say to you? May Bamfa. May Bamfa, yeah. May Bamfa. Nothing can be done. Okay, well, off the driving then and on to, oh, Jedi Sith of the Week. Oh, we chat waiting, we chat waiting, we chat waiting me. Jedi Sith of the Week then. Who wants to go first? Um, we're going to start with Should the... Uh, I guess, go first. We'll go with the Siths. Let's start with the Siths today, yeah? This is actually relevant because it follows on from what we are just talking about. Oh, oh, there we go. So, um, the Sith is, is actually a thing. It's not, not an individual or anything like that. Okay. So, it focuses um, specifically, uh, it's Juhai related, so outside Juhai might not be so relevant. Maybe they have their own experience of mm. this, but it's the taxi drivers at Hung Chin border. Oh, yeah. I don't have you guys experienced yes. Oh, they, they, they've got a meter, but they don't want to... Oh, no, the sneaky no. guys, and, yeah, they want to charge you extortionate amounts for... It's a bit naughty. It's a bit naughty, so you what go... What can you do? Yeah, you're... This is made bamfa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you, you go... pay a hundred or you walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you go there, um, they have, you know, they have this pre- security presence with people that, you know... Traffic police or whatever they are, and it doesn't really change no, anything. No, pseudo security guards. Right, I got back from uh, Taiwan last Thursday, and, and I just know, I, I knew what's in for me. I speak a little bit of Chinese. Yeah. I've, I've been through this, you know, this, this show before, so I know what to expect. But my heart bleeds for all those people yeah. who are coming to Zhuhai for, for the first time. All those people who can't speak Chinese. Are just held to ransom. Held to ransom, taken for a ride, and it's yeah. it's not fair. I have a solution to this, mm. because, you know, some Siths just keep on being Siths. We need an intern China. What you do, you get out of Hunchin border, <laughs> and you go to the right, and there's a bus stop. Mm-hmm. And you wait for the number bus, it's cheap as, it's nice and convenient. Uh, you might have to wait five minutes longer, but it gets you there in the end. Well, I mean, there is a bus. Yeah, there's a bus. There, there is a bus. So, and you know, that's exactly what I did yeah. because I got in a car and mentioned Dabiao, which means, you know, use the meter. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. Everyone's happy. Drive around the corner. He throws out Liang Bai Kwai, <laughs> yeah, 200 yeah, Bai yeah. Kwai. So he, he couldn't fathom it. I was, and I was like, I'm not negotiating. I got out of the car. 200 brilliant. I'm tired, you know, pull my luggage out the, out the back, walk back around, get on the bus. <laughs> I had to go at the uh, the traffic police first and try to explain to them what the problem is. All right, no more police officer talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm being told. Um, moving on, Anthony, give me a Sith. 
My Sith. Um, the recent attack in London is quite disturbing, right? Um, mm, happened uh, maybe, what, a week or two ago now. There's a constant amount of them, isn't there, going on? Very it's... sad. You know, I understand that, you know, maybe Western politics is not very favourable all around the world, but, you know, let's live with love and light, people. You know, that's not the right way forward. We've got to look for compromises and unity, not death and destruction and terror, you know. Don't... Mm. If you're not happy with the world, don't go and kill people. Listen to China Jedi podcast. Yeah. yeah. Chill out, guys. So the guy that just recently attacked London, you know, ploughed people down and then... It's heart-wrenching, isn't it? It's despicable. Um, okay. It's Thank tough, you. It's tough to see how it's going to go away because there's enough media out there just aiming to radicalise people and you're always going to attract somebody. It's quite scary. Yeah, it's... it's um, well, scary is mm, the thing we need to it's get away from. Thing, you know. We um, should be uniting around the world, not... No, indeed, and um, the great, this is what, of course, one of the main aims of this podcast is, love and light, people, let's stay connected and integrated and not separated. So, um, moving on to my Jedi, oh, Sith, sorry, again, moving on from a taxi, it's people in a lift, I take my son to school every morning, and I I get off the the bat bike, and I see the lift door opening, and people walking in, and they look round, and they see me with my kid in one hand, and his bag in the other one, I'm dropping his water bottle, and they just look at me, press the button, and the lift closes, it's got that slow motion kind of thing. Those people, if you're listening, which you're probably not, just hold the lift open for an old man right. and a little boy. Being two exactly. metres away from a lift and there's like an old guy and then he's furiously tapping <laughs> the closed doors <laughs> button. I'm like, jeez, that's a thanks. subject for another podcast. Thanks, dude. Okay, great. Let's, let's go on to um, Jedi then. Give me a Jedi, Paul. Um, my Jedi has to be uh, the beautiful service of Taobao in China. Ooh, I think wow. it's an amazing service. I just bought myself an Brilliant. electric ukulele. Really? All the gear yeah. for 400 RMB. Quite the musician. An electric ukulele. Taobao, for those that don't know, is like uh, the equivalent of eBay, isn't uh, it? eBay yeah. Chinese exactly. eBay. Taobao.com. Um, okay, great. Look forward to listening to that ukulele at some point. Anthony. My Jedi. Uh, I, re- I went to the green market to uh, buy some uh, veggies this week. And... Um, she weighed them up, you know, gave me my veggies back in her in bag and uh, obviously I have to pay them some money and I'm rustling through my pockets to find the cash and I wanted to get rid yeah, of some... Yeah, because you don't normally have a lot of cash on you, do you? <laughs> yeah, to be honest. I, I wanted to uh, get rid of some coins. So I gave this lady uh, some, some coins and then she pointed out to me... Uh, that they were coins from Macau. I didn't realise, I didn't notice. I thought they were one-year-old coins. Oh, I'm sure you did, so, Anthony. So um, she gave them back to me and I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. And as I was rummaging through my pocket, uh, she's pearl of wisdom. She said to me, if you want to spend Macau money, you need to go to Macau. <laughs> so in perfect thank English. you for that enlightenment, you know, market stall lady, Mrs. Wang. Hey. Without that, I, I would have never known what to do with Macau money. <laughs> spend <laughs> it in Macau. Genius. Very good. It's a lovely little thank you. She's my, she's my jello. <laughs> Straight to the point. Okay, my I'm sorry about this, everyone. My Jedi, I wanted to wicked it, whack it in next week, la- last week, sorry. It's got to be my bed. I've been really <laughs> loving my bed recently. And I, mean, I, I just absolutely love going to bed at night. Amazing. It's such a marvellous... Well, some wonderful things you can do in the dream world. Is it a China bed? Is that what you're going to say then? There's some wonderful things you can do in my bed. Because I, I would say, you know, a bed, a bed for a lot of our interns would be a Sith. 
because a lot, a lot of the things we get is the bed's very hard. Yeah, Chinese beds can be very, I'm a hard, very I'm hard, a hard bed kind really. of man. By the way, if you've never been to China before and you do come as an intern and you open that hotel door or something like that, do not jump on the bed and go, <laughs> oh, I'm on holiday because you will hurt yourself. Um, okay, uh, very good. Thank you. Break her in. <laughs> Thank you for that. Let's, um, let's go into uh, China Jedi plug time. If you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. May the smile be with you. Plug time then, where we shine some light on some good things happening in the community. Who wants to go first with their plug then of uh, this episode? Paulie, you have... Ready to yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's not really local though. That's the only thing. Oh, but it could be all over the world. I want to celebrate my little island. So VJ Day in Victory, Jersey. It was on the 9th of May. So it's rather a peculiar story, but our island and the, and the Channel Islands were occupied during World War Two. Mm. Um, so the Germans actually came. They built bunkers, gun installations, that kind of thing, um, and the UK pretty much just sat and watched. Um, but the funny story is they, they don't really know why they occupied the Channel Islands, but any German soldier stationed there was pretty much a holiday. It's a tropical island, isn't it, Paul? Well, it's a bit warmer than, uh, <laughs> than Liverpool, put it that way. But um, yeah, it was, uh, was rumoured that the reason that they, they actually got stationed there is because a spy plane took some photographs and they thought it was an ammo depot. Um, mm. but it turned out that what they thought were barrels full of ammunition were barrels full of potatoes. <laughs> Ooh. So it was yeah. a nice result for the uh, the Germans who got stationed there off a little mistake. They could, they could have lots of chips. Exactly, as many as they liked. Not not crisps, chips. And yes. battered fish to go with them. Well, we're an island, so there's plenty well, of that. Really that. <laughs> um, Anthony, uh, plug, plug away. My plug's for a restaurant in Macau Ooh, this devil. week. Um, a place, uh, a Portuguese restaurant called Alorcha. Delicious mm. Portuguese food. Oh, so you, yummy. You've been getting about, haven't you? Eh? Crossing yeah. over to Macau. Yeah, that's why I had that Macau money. I was trying to <laughs> palm off on the market. Where, where is it in Macau? Just a, um, is it Kotai or is it on the... 289A Rua do Alimarante Sergio. Perfect pronunciation as on well. On the <laughs> Macau <laughs> Peninsula. Sure. We'll put it up on our um, on our Facebook page, yeah? That's what we I've been told. could do that. Yeah, very, Chinese very, very page. yummy Portuguese food. What is Portuguese food? What, what do you normally order when you get that? Oh goodness! Espetadas. Um, like I've been mm. vegetarian for a while now, but I used, when I used to go there, I used to have the leg of lamb was absolutely mm. scrummy. Um, They're quite big the, eaters, aren't they? The, uh, the Portuguese, mm. yeah, very much. Um, but their macanese or Portuguese, I say macanese because of course cross between Macau and Portuguese. Mm. Their curry. Absolutely mm. delicious. Portuguese so, curry? Yeah, Macanese curry. Well, there's a new one for your listeners. Very, very, very okay. nice. Um, my plug... Really nice Spanish wine. Oh, plug off, Anthony. <laughs> my, my plug is... Um, it's got to be Intern China. Yeah. Oy. I think it's a really great thing they're doing. I've had good experience with two interns. Uh, it's a wonderful experience, I think, for anyone around the world. Most of the students come from where, Paul? Where's your biggest... At the moment, classroom? the UK. Okay. Good on you. Um, but it's a great thing. What's the website? InternChina.com. So www.InternChina.com. InternChina.com. And you can come for a lot of different periods of time, right? Absolutely. It's, it's very flexible. Um, we have students that come for just four weeks and some that come for up to six months. Um, and we're looking to do longer programmes now. Uh, yeah. Cooperating with the universities. Do you have to be a student? 
Uh, you don't. We have we have uh, postgraduates, and we have um, Anthony's on the website now. Yeah, Anthony, I'll get you. Don't worry, I'll get your position. Yeah, we're chorusing Anthony. Yeah, we've had people in their thirties coming. Um, they come. They can stay in a homestay family and just focus on language as well, if that's what they want to do. Marvelous. Okay, so you can help pretty much anyone come and. We can help anyone who have needs an experience help. in China. Exactly. People are finding their feet later in life these days in terms of what they want to do for a career. No, so it's a, it's a wonderful thing, and um, it makes Zhuhai, and of course not just Zhuhai, all over China. Um, more dynamic, doesn't it? All these cosmopolitan people coming around the world. It's brilliant. Get out I was, there and see the world. Yeah, I always have a good, um, a good laugh with the interns, and they always come to our music events and things exactly. like that. So, well, well done, Paul. Keep up the great work. Um, so, let's go back into Guess Who. We've got to remember. Guess Who, then? Um, I'm taking oh, it. Yeah. You need an extra clue. Yes, please. Um, yeah, that'll help. Okay, marvellous. <laughs> Here's your extra clue then. Oh, nice, nice paragraph here for you. Born in nearby Zhongshan, or Shangshan, as it was known then, as I mentioned earlier, this person was a major politician and a Chinese revolutionary who co-founded the Kuomintang oh, and no. served as its first leader... Known as the father of modern China, oh, it must have dropped now. He played a key role in abolishing the Qing dynasty in China, the last dynasty, and was the first provisional president of the Republic of China. The original first president of the Republic of China people when it was first set up in 1912. The leader who spent much of his time in exile holds a distinctive place in the chaotic and convoluted history of China. If you're interested in Chinese history, listeners... Go back to the early 1900s. There's some amazing movies and documents. It's an incredible part of history. And we're only talking about 100 years ago here. Um, no, unfortunately, though, for this person, none of his cherished dreams came true in his lifetime. That's the sad part about it. Unification of China is one of such dreams. His ideology, famously known as the free principles of the people, the political philosophy of nationalism, democracy and socialism, is one of his legacies to the people of China and Taiwan, where he is venerated for his revolutionary efforts. That's all you're getting. Is it this guy's pretty famous. John Kai-chek, maybe? Yeah, it's, it's, I know who you're talking about. His name's completely eluded me. So, obviously, leader of the ROC, uh, basically got ousted to Taiwan. They have a massive statue of him sitting on the throne to do like even changing. You've come back from Taiwan, haven't you? I have, yeah. Um, so I just it's what well, one of those names that not Sun Yat Sen. So Jiang Kai Chek Sun Yat Sen. Actually, coming out, you really are coming out with them today, aren't they're you? Not, they're not the same person, are they? One's in like Guanaguá, one's in Mandarin. Well, that's the they point. Are they, they, people have different <laughs> names. They, they could still be alive today. When were they born? Chucking that one in for you. When were they born? What did you say? I thought it was the 1800s. You've had all of your clues. The listeners, uh, sorry, the researchers are prodding me in the air. I'm going to go with Chiang Kai-shek. Okay, so you're going for Shanghai-shek. Shanghai 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 wrong. Yes. Shanghai-shek. You're going for him. Anthony, I'm not arguing with you about famous people in China. Paul, what do you want to do? You want to go with Anthony? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm going to completely he does get that one, does he? punch myself for not knowing this. Um, but I, the name's not coming to mind. Because you're going to have to go with... Uh, we yeah. always say, try something, just come up with something. Bruce Lee or Comfort <laughs> Panda. Oh, man. No, I'm sorry. I can't okay. stop No problem, no problem. Um, he's internless, listeners. Um, How does it say it right? Chiang Kai-shek? What are you talking about? Shanghai. Chiang Kai-shek? Chiang Kai-shek. Chiang Kai-shek. 
Are we ready to go? Anthony says... Just looked it up. Shanghai check. Yes, says, I, I will agree um, with Google. Paul is going with Anthony's. And so this oh. week's Guess Who is none other than... You're going to hate this when I say yeah. it. Sun Yat Sen! No way! I said Sun Yat Sen! That was my second option. No, I'm sorry, but you went through with Shanghai Shek. Oh! I cannot believe it. Shanghai I am a terrible. member of the Sun Yat Sens. Yeah. I can't believe this, that this you got that one wrong. I'm, I'm going to remember that. Indefensible. That's why he's drawing attention to the. Yeah, it's like obviously one of the first. He's, I, he's watching his like animated movies and mixing them with Chinese Shanghai Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Shrek. He, he's revered as he as a scholar in the most part and I think it was maybe the other stuff that threw me. But right, no, it's, you are, no it's, a, it's a wonderful story and actually uh, we can go to Zhongshan, Shanghai, very next to close to um, Zhuhai and actually go to the Sun Yat-sen Park mm. where it was a place where I used to live um, mm. back when it was called uh, Shangshan, Tsui-Hung Village. So we, we just take a trip there. Um, play some music. We always like to mm. Sun Yat-sen's play some music in front of Sun Yat-sen statues. But yeah, brilliant part of history, interesting part of history, listeners. Um, please check it out. Wikipedia Sun Yat-sen. It's a an adventurous story to you say the least. Split for our listeners. So, well, they don't know. Yeah, well, then it's caused many different names, as you were mm. saying. Sun Yat-sen is S U N Y A T S E N. That's how he's known outside of China. Mm. But he's also known as Sun Yishen. Or here in this Sun Sun Yishan. Sun Yishan or yeah. Sun Zhong uh, Sun Zhongshan. Mm. So in fact, if you said Sun Yat Sen outside today, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. Mm. Nothing unusual there for you. Well, it's like saying Bruce Lee, right? In China. Yeah, right. I wouldn't have a clue what yeah. you're talking about. So, wasn't he the first uh, Chinese national to graduate from an American university as well? Or did I make that up? Uh, no, that I was Yun Wing. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, that Yung was Yun Wing. Yeah, you get all your I need to get myself a history book. Wrong Hong is his You need to go home. you need to go to bed, Paul. I do. Yeah. Um, okay. Well it's time as always for the last Emperor's song. Got a special one today. Original music as always from around the world. This one is by an artist none other than the one sitting next to us in the studio today, Anthony. Ooh. Paul Bailey. Maybe apparently some you screaming girls in here. Apparently you have a um you can be my group, yeah. <laughs> yeah, first for you, Anthony. Um apparently you have a stage name. Um, well, our band have a stage name, so Spit Shine Spurs. The Spit Shine Spurs. Yeah, so that's the group that we play in at the moment. I don't have a stage name for my Anthony, solos. Anthony, can you stuff. come up with a stage name for? Yeah, maybe you can help. Oh, mm. have to give him Pluck, a Plucky Paul. Oh my Plucky <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Plucky Paul with chicken feathers. That it sounds like out. a gangster name again, doesn't it? Plus, you play the guitar, right? So, play the yeah, guitar. Yeah. Um, Paul. Try to do a bit of singing. And uh, well, and also the ukulele now. The uh, ukulele. Great stuff. Don Polioni, I quite like actually Don as well. Polioni. It's too gimmicky. Isn't it? <laughs> okay, so um, this song of yours that you've written is called um, "It Takes Time." Mm. Yeah, a quick mention on that or not? Any? What's it about? Taking time, I guess. Yeah, it's it's about the the fragility and the gambles of entering into a relationship. You know, um, the fact that things can go wrong. You might be overly cautious, trying to find the perfect person. But again, if you don't make that leap, then you're never really going to know just how good it can be. Oh, you romantic, you. Anthony, first guest we found on today, married person, who hasn't mentioned their beloved. <gasps> yeah. The lovely Kate, your lovely wife, Kate. right? Well, she, Kate. she is my muse, my flame. Oh, yeah. So everything I do, everything I write, pretty much stems from that. I'm a bit of a romantic at heart. So uh, yeah, and Kate inspires me to, uh, to be more There we more go, romantic. see, Plucky Paul. So, Plucky Paul, it takes time. This is for you, Katie. Thanks for coming in, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thank Good you so much, again, buddy. It's been fun. Yeah, this is China Jedi, people.
could mean something It could mean nothing at all Just take my hand We could start running Chances are we'll fall Let's not make plans Cause let's make plans are prone to fail And runaway trains will Just 
thank you for listening to the China Jedi podcast, shining humor, love and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you.